If the Bulls have to be exactly. good, we have the to Bulls have are good. Bulls. The Knicks are good. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets are good. Uh, I saw cigarette sales increased for the first time in 20 years. So people are back to smoking, which is not recommended, but it was happening yeah. in the 90s. People are wearing so baggy jeans again. Back. Like skinny jeans have been phased out. We're back to wearing baggy jeans. Like the 90s are back. always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to The Anthony Irwin Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. In a second, I'm going to be joined by a really special guest, somebody I've been honestly looking forward to talking to basically since like more than a decade ago uh, when when I first, the, the concept of a basketball podcast first kind of popped into my head. So uh, that is Taco Trey Kirby. He is uh, formerly of the Basketball Jones, who then became the starters, who are now No Dunks, no Dunks Inc., uh, for the athletic and and he and I have a really fun conversation obviously there's some Caruso talk there is some uh, league-wide stuff uh, the the transition and the evolution of the league as he has watched it uh, all of that good stuff uh, here in a bit I do have to talk about the Lakers game and <laughs> oh boy uh, what a, what an interesting one what the, can we can we say interesting we'll say interesting. Uh, the Lakers wind up beating the uh, Houston Rockets 119-117. Not much defense played in this one. Interesting call, I guess, is one place that we could start. Uh, the, the referees figured out that the Lakers shot two free throws that should not have counted. And instead of doing literally anything other than what they did, they decided to take the two points off of the Lakers' score. Uh, they essentially, the Lakers wind up getting punished uh, for getting fouled, right? Because uh, it essentially turns into a turnover instead of another possession that the Lakers could have run because they got fouled. And and in a close game, that could have been the difference here uh, very easily. Uh, that, that said, I guess instead of focusing on the call itself, even though it was stupid, and I can understand why people are annoyed at it. I guess I'm just kind of in... I'm more disappointed that this game got that close in the first place. This is a terrible Rockets team. They are really, really bad. It's going to be between them and OKC for worst record in the league. And, you know, (laughs) uh, the Lakers made them look, especially on offense, like a freaking juggernaut. Uh, so that's the you know the Lakers defense is is kind of uh, you know obviously continues to be a little perplexing, very disappointing, and yet not all that surprising given the personnel on the team. What was fun to watch here was this is the best game that I think Anthony Davis, uh, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James all played at the same time. AD goes for twenty seven points. Uh, nine boards, three assists, a couple seals, three blocks, uh, 11 of 18 from the field, 
Uh, LeBron goes for 30 points, 10 assists, 4 boards, 13 of 21 from the field. He he cooled off significantly down the stretch. And then Russ goes for 27 points on 10 of 21 from the field uh, to go with 9 boards and 7 assists. Uh, and, and I thought in this one, this was the most comfortable that I, I think Russ has looked offensively in a game that LeBron also played. So I think they're starting to figure some of that out. He's getting more active um, on the uh, off of the ball in those situations. So that's certainly interesting as well. The uh, Lakers also, I thought, really focused on running. And then whether in transition or in the half court, they were just blitzing the rim. They were just constantly attacking the rim, possession after possession, opportunity after opportunity. And while obviously not all teams are going to be as bad defensively as Houston is, and and Jesus, <laughs> they are bad defensively. But that seems to be the approach that the Lakers are going to take, at least until guys like Ellington uh, get get back here, until Kent Bazemore gets his shooting feet underneath him. Melo, again, looked really, really good in Staples Center. He finishes with 15.6 of 9 from the field. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just think overall the Lakers are starting to figure some of this out, and, and this is the stretch of games where they can figure this out. But it would be nice to see one just ass-whooping that the Lakers hand out from start to finish. Uh, all of their wins have been very, very close, and they have ha- gotten their butts kicked more often than they have done any butt kicking. And so I would like to see that change, especially given the caliber of, of opponents that they're facing right now. And and by the way, like the fact that this season is so front-loaded with poor uh, opponents to begin, that means that they really have to use this stretch to, to figure things out so that when they start playing better teams, it doesn't look as embarrassing as it has when, when they faced uh, Phoenix, or down the stretch of the game that they played against Golden State opening night. Regardless, though, you you take the wins that you can get, and you learn what you can as they happen. Um, Enough of me rambling here. I'm going to go ahead and throw to the conversation that I had with uh, Trey Kirby. Again, he of the No Dunks, Inc. podcast, and, and, and frankly, somebody that helped revolutionize the way that sports get talked about. So somebody I'm really, really excited to, to talk to and somebody I think you guys are really going to enjoy uh, listening to on this episode. All right, I am joined now by somebody who, and, and there are not very many people I can actually say this about, but I would not be doing what I'm doing right now without the impact of his shows over the years. Uh, Taco Trey Kirby, formerly of the Basketball Jones uh, now of of the uh, No Dunks Inc. podcast for the Athletic, but Basketball Jones, dude, that was like that was daily listening that uh, nobody was doing back then. And and again, I, I I'm uh, I'm happy to finally get to have a conversation with you on the pod. And thank you for everything over the years. Uh, thanks for saying so many nice things. Uh, to me, I'm like I'm thrilled to still be working with the Basketball Jones guys too, because. I don't know. Skeets and Tass were doing it for five years before I started working with them. So it's crazy to me now to have been uh, working on all these different shows together for the past 10 years. You know, we've been doing a podcast so long that it went from people not knowing what a podcast was 
to be in a million podcasts. So it's uh, it's been quite the glow up for the podcasting industry. And it's been a really, really fun ride with those guys. And it's awesome to uh, get to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, it, it's it like you said, it went from, I you know, there were a couple pods, there's like a handful, there were three podcasts back then that I would listen to. It was you guys, Simmons way back in the day, and then ESPN with like Ryan Rosillo had his version of, of the show. And I never even thought like, well, why not start a podcast? And then it just kind of happened on accident. And then everybody had that same accident happen a few times, a few zillion times over. Uh, so yeah, yeah I like- think there's a, there's definitely is a mental barrier at the beginning thinking that it's going to be uh, a lot more complicated to get the podcast going. And there's a lot of pregame legwork, no doubt, to actually get it going. But then once you do it, like you're saying, it feels like an accident, but it feels awesome, uh, yeah. right? Like then once you get into the flow of it, uh, it feels like uh, you don't know what you're doing, but at least you're trying to figure it out and having fun along the way. Exactly. Exactly. The big thing is the fun. The big thing is the fun. And then and then eventually everything else kind of falls into place. All right. So we have a lot to discuss. We I want uh, your thoughts on the Lakers. I want your thoughts on the league in general. But I wanted to start with um, you, you took Los Angeles. Well, not took. He, he went to you guys because the Lakers decided they didn't want to pay luxury taxes. But you have. Los Angeles's favorite meme turned actually good NBA player, Alex Caruso, on your Bulls. Uh, the, that, that final lineup that they're going with is the best five-man unit in the sport right now. Uh, with I think it's like Lonzo, Caruso, Levine, uh, DeRozan, and Vooch. Uh, like just, I want to hear about the, I want to live vicariously through the Alex Caruso experience since I, I really deeply miss it. Alex Caruso caught an alley-oop from Lonzo Ball. The United Center went crazy. He celebrated by doing his headband celebration. Lonzo was doing it back. He got MVP chance. We're talking about the first game at the United Center for the Chicago Bulls. Then in the post-game press conference, he's like, I don't want to say I'm used to getting MVP chance, but the guy's been getting MVP chance for a long time now for a guy who does come off the bench for the Bulls. He's the Bulls' sixth yeah. man, uh, but he is 100% used to being a star among the crowd. And that's the funny thing to me is, you know, I see it also from Lakers Twitter now where they're like, Oh, everybody thought Caruso was just a joke meme when he was on the Lakers and there's no way he could be this good. And now I feel like that now that he's on the Bulls. I'm like, well, I thought the Lakers fans were lying, but they were telling the truth completely. This guy is the next Michael Jordan. So uh, the Caruso experience, I thought it wasn't going to live up to the hype. I thought it was going to be Avatar. Uh, You know, I thought it was just people telling me stories, but uh, unbelievable uh, to see the energy that a Caruso brings and what he's brought to the Bulls, like from a basketball standpoint, from uh, handling the ball, knocking down some threes, and most importantly, like setting the tone defensively with yeah. deflections. Like, I don't necessarily understand how the Bulls have been such a good defensive team, but it basically breaks down to both Lonzo and Caruso just get their hand on the ball all the time. And that yeah. makes it tough uh, to really work the ball inside against them. So, yeah, Caruso, uh, for a player the Lakers could have kept around if they really wanted to. I can't believe how well it's worked out this early. He's he's funny because I'm always iffy when a fan base tells me, no, 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 you just have to watch him. No, no, no. He's I promise he's good. I promise he's better than the numbers even say, even though with the Lakers, like the numbers were really, really loud on him being good, especially with LeBron. 
And, and I heard myself saying it more often than not, like, no, 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 just watch him on defense. I promise. Just watch him on defense. And I heard the homerism in my own voice. So it's funny to hear now that with, you know, from a different fan base, like he's, he's good. The numbers are really good. And then on top of that, just watch him. Just, I, I promise, just watch this guy defend. And then the way that uh, him and Lonzo, they both approach defense kind of similarly where they kind of know which angles you have to have in your offense, you know, which, which, you, what, what kind of cutting pass that, that has to take place, where the ball needs to get if you're going to play inside out, all those things. And they just, they're very good at just standing in the way of those passes that have to play so that you can, uh, to avoid the offense getting gummed up. And they just kind of, they just wreak havoc. And that just allows Levine to get out and transition. I, I've watched probably, like I've watched every Laker game, obviously. But I've probably watched like 85% of the Bulls minutes so far this year. They're just so much fun to watch. And, and, and that's like, as somebody who grew up a, a, a Bulls fan and went through that stretch where they were really fun in the, in the Joachim uh, era and, and, and the early Rose era. And then the last few years have been kind of a joke. And then now all of a sudden they're, they're back. It's actually, the, the joke is actually taking place. The Bulls are back. It just, how much fun has that been? It's got to be pretty incredible to just see this, this group take off this fast. Yeah. You know, you say the bulls are back enough times and finally, eventually it will come true. So that's a little bit what I'm feeling. I'm like, yeah, I've been saying it since January of this year. Uh, They didn't quite make it back to 500 last season, which was a bummer uh, in the and stake in the heart of the bulls are back <laughs> movement, but it right. worked out long-term, you know? Um, so yeah, it's been really exciting to see them not melt down at the end of games. Like, I mean, they kind of did a little get bit against the Raptors, but that's what it yeah. was every game last season. You know, they played a pretty tough three quarters and then the fourth quarter, it was just a little bit too much of a lift for Levine really. And yeah. that would mean turnovers or four shots or a lot of times trying to just drive into the hoop and draw draw some sort of foul call and that wouldn't necessarily happen but with DeRozan being there he really steadies the ship and Lonzo handles the ball and Caruso handles the ball and now Levine has a little bit more juice offensively not to mention more space Vucevic for whatever reason drives me insane for 46 minutes and then make clutch plays in the final two minutes of the game, whether yeah. it be a dish for a three pointer or maybe hitting his own from the corner. So yeah, I don't know. It's um, you don't think of the bulls as one of the worst teams in the league over these past couple of years, but then but once uh, the stat, like the stats are broken down, you're like, wow, the bulls lost the most games from 27 until or from 2017 until this season. It doesn't seem to make sense because it didn't really feel like they had ever committed to the tank, right? Like they had never <laughs> gone yeah. through the, rebuilding phase they drafted fourth once but every other time it was seventh you know they were a bad team but not the absolute worst team yeah except for when you added it all together if you're one of the worst teams for four years maybe you are the worst team so now that they are finally uh spending some money and honestly mortgaging the future a little bit to me they're acting like a big market team for the first time in a decade and i kind of think that that's an advantage that the lakers have played throughout their history and you know the Knicks want to play that advantage throughout their history it doesn't always work out but the Bulls at at times especially after the Rose era came to an end have kind of operated like a small market franchise trying to save cap space trying to have flexibility but as we saw this summer 
they didn't have a ton of cap space. They had some moves to be made. So they just made all of them and said, we yeah. will figure out what happens in the future. It's better for us to be a good team now and an attractive place for somebody to want to play. And I think that totally played out, right? Like Lonzo signed too soon, almost mm -hmm. still being investigated how quickly he signed. <laughs> Caruso yeah. left the Lakers for the Bulls and DeRozan was a major name in free agency. And he chose the Bulls as well, likely because they decided to overpay him, but at least they decided to overpay him. It's worked out so far. And to me, that's the thing. It just feels like once the new Karnishevis regime took over, a little bit more cohesive of a plan and a little bit more visibility out there, trying to be one of the biggest and baddest franchises. It's worked out good. I mean, we're two weeks into the season and I'm already feeling like the Bulls won a championship. We'll see how the next 24 <laughs> weeks go, but at least the start has gone well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not quite, you guys aren't quite, because obviously you guys actually have banners, so it's not like the Knicks where you hang a banner for the first two weeks of the season, <laughs> but, but for, for, for where they're at, and I mean, look, anytime a major conglomerate coming out of Chicago can take advantage of a, of a small business like the Lakers and, and, and just take talent from, from that group, you got to be able to do it. That's, that's big market uh, plays all, all over the place right there. That's right. So. Just from a little mom and pop shop like the <laughs> LA Lakers. Uh, yeah, I was shocked at that one just because like you're saying, Caruso, a fan favorite and a really solid player. And the contract isn't that extravagant, but no. you know, different priorities, I suppose. Yeah, that's where that's where we're at. It's funny. The usually when the Lakers make so right now, there's still the rust trade is at least polarizing and and there are still people holding on like, yes, it's it, it's going to work out at some point. He and LeBron are going to figure these things out. And so if you if you criticize any part of Russ's game, your mentions are going to be a tire fire for a good hour or so. But with Caruso, there is no pushback. There is none whatsoever. When you say like that was a mistake, you maybe should have just kept the guy that, you know, was, was a big part of a championship team. And, and again, statistically uh, the most, you know, productive player playing alongside LeBron that, that LeBron has ever had in terms of net ratings and stuff like that. And, and so if you, if you retweet Caruso doing Caruso things or Lonzo now doing Lonzo things, the, the response is always, I can't believe the Lakers just made that decision. And it's wild to see a Lakers fan base united about anything that isn't Kobe. And that's where we find ourselves right now. Caruso is used to saying, hearing of MVP chants about him and is uh, as unifying as Kobe is, is, is. That's where we stand right now on Alex Caruso. Um, well, I want to move. And it's exacerbated by THT getting hurt almost right at the season started, right? And yeah. you're like, oh, man, we could really use a guy who runs in transition and handles the ball and does all the little things. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I'm feeling for Lakers fans, but yeah. not really because they're the yeah. Lakers. Nonetheless, <laughs> uh, a curious move uh, by yeah. LA. We're, how are you feeling? It's funny. I was thinking about this because, you know, like the Celtics are kind of snapping at each other and – the Lakers have had an iffy start to the season. The Nets are whatever is going on with the Nets. The Clippers aren't exactly uh, operating at a very high level right now. There aren't very many like really happy fan bases out there. And I was trying to figure out why that might be. But like in a season we're heading in, I don't know how you felt about it heading in. I The thing that defined the NBA season and like when I was trying to analyze it, getting ready for it was I didn't feel like I knew anything. Like there, there was all over the map with what all these various teams could do. And so, of course, there are going to be 
vast majority of fan bases are kind of frustrated because there's only like two or three teams, your bulls being one of them that have had like a really great open to the season. Would you agree about the amount unknown heading into the season? And then have you, do you feel like, you know, any more now than you did heading in? Well, looking at the standings, I'm like, the first thing I think of is, you know, the bucks are going to be good and they're under 500 right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's even that to me is like the biggest guarantee. Like the bucks are bringing everybody back. They've got Giannis. Uh, they've been playing together now for three seasons, finally put it all together. And then they came out of the gate, smacked the nets, looked awesome. And they were like, all right, that's probably the game we care about the most in the regular season. So right. they've shut it down a little. Drew Holiday obviously is hurt, but it definitely feels like this was going to be an open season coming in, right? Like the Bucks yeah. and the Nets came in as the favorites. The Lakers came in as the favorites in the Western Conference, despite the fact that everybody agrees their team is completely new. We don't know how they're going to fit. We don't know what they're going to really look like once yep. things play out. We just think they're going to be good because we know all the players are good. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Utah. My job I is to know about the Lakers, and I have no idea what the Lakers are going to do this year. It's all over the place, their spectrum. Yeah, exactly. And to me, it was like we had to make our preseason, uh, our preseason predictions, right? And it's like Western Conference – six teams could win the Western conference. Right. So like, yeah. okay, I, uh, I kind of default to the Lakers. Cause I'm like, LeBron will probably figure it out at some point. Anthony Davis, you have those two playing at their peaks. That's like you're 40% of the way there, basically, you know, like they're going to figure it out at some point. But even then, as soon as you're like, Oh, the Lakers are going to win this for sure. That's when the doubt creeps in because we don't know what they're going to look like. They've had one bad week. They've had one great week. We don't know what the Warriors are going to look like at their full strength. Uh, yep. You know, I think seeing the Suns go to the conference finals last year by adding Chris Paul kind of throws a wrench into people's plans because you're like, well, if the Suns can make the conference finals or if the Suns can make the finals and have that huge of growth during the course of one off season to one season, couldn't that happen to everybody? Couldn't that be what happens to the Jazz, right? Couldn't that be what right. happened? the Miami heat, you just need that one piece and you need things to break perfectly. And suddenly you're playing for a championship. That's what it was to me. It was like, there are three teams who looked like they might be the favorites, but even then you can't really count them in. Like you would think, you know, I remember we were talking about nets over bucks uh, coming into the season, assuming Kyrie was going to play, assuming the nets were going to look the same way they did. And obviously they've struggled out of the gate too. So I don't know. It definitely feels at least two weeks in, that things are going to be still up for grabs and the standings we're looking at now will probably look totally different in another four months. The rosters might look completely different in the next four months, you know, cause like the, sure. that's always been the, the, the default that Lakers fans come back to that. Even if I say, cause I'm, I'm probably more pessimistic about the Lakers than, than most. Um, I I'm just, I've never really been a big Russ guy. I, 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 I enjoy the way that he approaches basketball and he's always really trying and, uh, has been one of the most entertaining presences that the NBA has ever seen. I just don't know that it necessarily always parlays itself into winning basketball. And, and then, you know, LeBron is, is, is great, still looks great, all that stuff, but also took a little longer than people necessarily expected to come back from a tweak that he was able to play the rest of the game on uh, when it happened. Anthony Davis is doing this, like, will he, won't he, like, uh, about playing center, which which has turned into some of the best uh, melodrama that is not in like a friend's uh, storyline <laughs> that, that we have ever seen. And so, yeah, we're just, we're just, there are avenues that I could see the Lakers taking to getting to where 
fans thought they were going to at the beginning of the season, but there are also avenues to where like, Hey, mid season, if this still isn't working, if they're just kind of still treading water and there are some games that Russ looks great next to LeBron. And then there are other games that you say like, Holy crap, this still, this still might not work. The default that Lakers fans fall back on is well, well, they'll figure it out either roster wise or, or, or whatever. And it's like, Russ is making 45 mil. That's not easy to just like get rid of and work, figure out on the fly. So I don't know how that's necessarily going to play out. Is there anything when it comes to like, you know, cause you guys look at everything from, from, you know, a million miles up covering the entirety of the lake, having done so for, for as, as long as you guys have, is there anything that you have noticed it, it shift wise in the way that you guys look at the league now compared to the way that you did maybe like five, 10 years ago where normally you could just pencil in. Yeah. LeBron's just going to figure this out. Or, or back then it was, it was, yeah, eventually, you know, those major markets will, will flex their advantages and all this, but, but now, you know, Milwaukee's not exactly a major market. Phoenix isn't exactly a major market. Is it, what has been the biggest shift to you in, in, in watching the league in, in the amount of time that you guys have? That's a great question. Cause I mean, when I think about the league five years ago, you're just like pencil LeBron into the finals playing in the Eastern conference. Yeah. Right. It was like, maybe there would be one other challenger to the Cavs, uh, or, or the heat. I suppose if you're going even further back, there will be mm -hmm. basically one challenger and LeBron will figure out a way to humiliate that team when it comes playoff time, you know, for the Hawks, yeah. it was, they had their best season ever and they got swept out. For the Raptors, it was they got up 2-0, and LeBron is like LeBron spinning though. the ball on the sideline. And like he's like, I <laughs> yeah. literally don't care about playing this team. Being down 2-0, <laughs> not a problem for me at all. For the Bulls, you know, they won their first game uh with Derrick Rose, and then they took Derrick Rose out of the series. Next thing you know, 4-1 heater in the finals. So that's what it always was for a long time. Now the Eastern Conference is a lot better. They've got at the very least, the best regular season player. And I think we saw from Giannis in the finals last year, like if you're putting up 50 points in a game clinching NBA finals game, you're a playoff player at yeah. this point as well. Kevin Grant so. is there as well. But I also don't think that the Heat or the Bucks, or I'm sorry, the Nets or the Bucks are guaranteed favorites. And I feel like with LeBron, he has Anthony Davis by his side, which is an incredible twosome. And if you're talking about a one-two punch, there might not be anybody better, but we all have watched Anthony Davis's career. We saw the way last season played out, right? Yep. Anthony Davis wasn't there at the end. That could happen again, or he could put it together like he did in the bubble, shoot 50% from the field and be unstoppable like George Mikan out there. So it's tough to see. Um, and that's the thing is that when you go from big threes to big twos, there's a lot more variance, I do think. Yeah. And with LeBron, it's like, he's good enough. Anthony Davis is good enough. But there are a lot of teams that have a one-two punch at this point. So the league feels super open compared to, I mean, five years ago, we're talking about LeBron. The prime of maybe Curry the best Durant, Right? I was like, you. some things might happen. The Raptors snuck in there, got their championship, but a lot had to transpire for that to take case. To, to take place. So I don't know. Things just feel a lot more open right now. And we're also getting this next wave of superstars who are really going to be taking over the league now. And once they get to that level, I'm like, people are talking up the Mavs, a team that I don't necessarily see as a title contender, but they're like, Luca's that good. Luca could be the next player who's like, mm -hmm. I can just drag a team to the finals. And that's true. You know, there are several of those players now who are good enough to drag their team to a championship, I think. And compared to five seasons ago there were a few at the very top 
who it seemed almost unapproachable. So now there are so many good players and there are so many good teams that there are so many challengers now. It's uh, The league is off to a great start right now, especially because we're allowing fouls. That's the other thing I would say. Yes, I noticed. Yeah. This season, this. We're just letting fouls go. I mean, yeah, all of the <laughs> stuff was legislated yeah. out with, you know, the Trey Young fouls or the James Harden fouls, whatever you want to call them. But they're also just like the NBA is like, we're hitting the rewind. We're going 30 years in the past when the <laughs> NBA was its most popular. Hack people at the rim. Knock them down. Who cares? Uh, yeah. And it's The awesome. Bulls came and back and the, the entire one. league decided we're going back to the 90s. If the Bulls have to be exactly. good, we have The to Bulls have are good. Bulls. The Knicks are good. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets are good. Uh, I saw cigarette sales increased for the first time in 20 years. So people are back to smoking, which is not recommended, but it was happening yeah. in the 90s. People are wearing so baggy jeans again. Back. Like skinny jeans have been phased out. We're back to wearing baggy jeans. Like the 90s are back. I saw a picture of Bieber at a Lakers game and he looked like he was coming from a Limp Biscuit video. He looked like <laughs> he had Fred Durst jeans on. He had a gigantic winter parka. He didn't have on a backwards uh, Yankees hat, but he did have on, you know, a beanie or whatever. So I was like, yeah. wow, this is full blown. We're back in the nineties at this point. Yeah. I, I was walking around the other day and you know, my wife wears her, her skinny jeans. We just, we just took some, some family portraits out. We have a little trail behind our house and we, you know, we all got our, our matching like flannels and I'm wearing my jeans. Jen's wearing her jeans. We put Avery and my daughter in, in some jeans and some boots and we're walking back there and like a group of young people, youngins walk by and they're all wearing baggier jeans than, than I wore back when I was in high school. And yeah, you combine that with all the 90s stuff that we're seeing in, in, in the league. And, and you know what? I'm happy to see that fouls came back. Fouls made a comeback. It's been, I, I don't know about you. I've thoroughly enjoyed the basketball where, where, you know, growing up, if you were bigger, you had an advantage. And then where the NBA was the last few years, if you were smaller, you kind of sort of had an advantage because of the way that the game was being called. Um, I, I, I've played basketball with you in Vegas. I know you're, you're a bigger dude. You enjoy the, 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 the low post game. And, and yeah, like, have you, have you similarly enjoyed the way that the, 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 the game is being called down and the way that it's being played? I think it's incredible. I think, um, I think there's definitely still an adjustment, even when you're watching it, where you're like, you see a take to the hole and a challenge at the rim and you're thinking, Oh, two free throws for sure. Yeah. But even if it's not your team, even if you're not uh, rooting necessarily for the player with the attempt, you're like, come on, where's the foul there. But that's just <laughs> well, how Cause it you want right to call now. there. Cause you want it called on the other end, right? Yeah, like, sure. <laughs> wait, if they're not calling like that, Oh my God, Dame's really going to suffer. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I just think it's been enjoyable because I would say the thing people are complaining about in general with, you know, the pump fake and lean into a guy foul or the rip through foul. These are all, it feels like tricking, right? Like it feels yeah. like a trick of the game. And certainly that's what it is. And I actually, you know, in general, tip my hat to players that figure it out. Cause I'm like, oh, you figured out a loophole and you can take advantage of it at NBA speed before anybody else can. That's yeah. actually pretty incredible to me, but there is no doubt that it feels a little bit outside the rules. And I, yeah. and I think for now, for, um, for a lot of us that watch a ton of basketball, like you do to see this go back to what you first started watching when you were first becoming a fan and you're like, oh, this is, this feels a little bit like what it was back in my day. And that's what it is a little bit, no doubt, but um, <laughs> I'm loving it. It's fun to see 
contact at the rim. And it's fun to see, uh, you know, I think it's interesting to see like a guy like Kevin Durant, he just keeps on going. Like he hasn't been affected by this at yeah. all. Cause he's just been going out there and trying to score ever since they took away the rip move. So I don't know. It's been an enjoyable watch for sure. And I think it's hilarious that you'll like get a quote from Thibodeau or Jeff Van Gundy. And they're like, Oh, I love the way the game's being officiated. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, of course you do. This is your heyday as well, man. Um, so it's uh, it's been fun to watch. I hope that continues to be the case. As the season goes on, more than likely the refs tighten things up a little bit, not to mm-hmm. mention players figure things out a little bit. So uh, I'm enjoying it while I can. Yeah, I, I think because that's been of the criticisms that's been levied, it's like, well, continuation has gone away and maybe they've gotten too far in the other direction, but it was always going to be like a pendulum, right? Like if they, if they had landed smack dab where it needed to be, eventually you were going to see the regression and it was going to regress closer to where the game was at the last few years. Whereas like if they went too far as they went, maybe too far in the other direction, when you get that regression, you'll be closer to that middle ground. So I I'm, I'm glad that it was an overcorrection at least early so that, you know, it has a chance at landing at a spot where more people can kind of enjoy what they're watching there. I, I also, yeah. Tom Thibodeau who like coaches with a cleaver in his back pocket. Of course he's loving this. <laughs> he goes out and butchers yeah, a cow great. before every game. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> you're, you're a super physical game that benefits the defense. I wonder why he's interested in that sort of thing. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I want to, I want to end on, on this really quickly. Uh, this is how I end all of my shows uh, because people know me kind of for the Euro, Euro stumble, the mislayup that Harrison throws on Twitter every opportunity that he gets. Um, I am kind of dropping this on you out of nowhere. So no worries if you pass on it, but do you have a, a most embarrassing sports moment that you can, that you can identify in your years playing, uh, whether it's basketball or any other sport? Do you, can you, can you identify that? I can give one uh, because I did drop this on your lap. Um, off the top of my head, the first thing that pops into my mind is always the best one. Yeah. My literally my first game of my freshman year of high school basketball. I remember I threw two turnovers Mm -hmm. uh, on backdoor passes, which now that I think about it is very funny that Brad Miller became one of my favorite players because like (laughs) that guy was notorious for throwing backdoor passes. Yeah. But I threw two bad backdoor passes. Both got stolen. They were calling me turnover tray on the bus, which was a bummer. (laughs) Big time bummer. And, you know, it was bad enough that it happened first game freshman year of high school. We also went on to lose every game our freshman season. Like we Me went too. 0-19. In co- Me. What's going on, man? I don't know. It was tragic. 0-19 our freshman season. And I think yeah. we lost that first game by like six points, you know. So super winnable game if yeah. somebody wasn't just winging backdoor passes, turnover tray style <laughs> over there. Oh, they were like, hey. oh favorite flavor apple turnover and cherry turnover oh i'm laughing thinking oh we'll get some wins later on this year no big deal just the first game it's only sticking with me another 23 years later hey we we started this thing talking about the glow up of podcasting so you've gone from turnover to taco trick turby and, and tacos are way better than, than, than turnovers, so. yeah that's exactly right i learned a lesson that day never pass the ball just shoot it every time <laughs> just shoot it. that was the last time i threw a pass was uh those two backdoor passes freshman year that's hilarious that like we are united in 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 awful freshman year basketball oh, just oh, terrible 
my coach back then, uh, I still remember his name. His name was Schroeder. Paul Schroeder was his name. And uh, it was his second year coaching the Frost Soft team. And the year prior, he went O and league play. So I think we played 15 league games. He, he won a couple in the preseason, lost all of the league games. My freshman year, lost all of our league games. So I asked him at the end of the season, he's talking to some parents or whatever. And, and I walk up to him and I said, Paul or coach, coach, did you, you've gone Owen 30. <laughs> yeah. He didn't come back. Next like, what? <laughs> These damn analytics getting out of hand, keeping track of wins and losses. Well, this has been a blast, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful for you hopping on. Uh, given how how busy I'm sure all of you guys are in covering the sport the way that you guys do, want to thank you again for for all of the work that you guys have done over the years. Whether it was again basketball Jones starters, now no dunk sink. Uh, make sure you guys are checking out his shows. Uh, they live stream as well. Uh, that's my favorite way to watch. Uh, they do. They are on the Athletic NBA show as well. Thank you very much, uh, Trey, for for hopping on and and, and giving me your time. Oh, this was super fun. Let's do it again when we got a Bulls-Lakers final. Yes. Game match in 1991. Let's go. The 90s <laughs> <Yeah>. are back. <laughs> You're back. <laughs>